0: Conversations with creative vagabonds, thinkers, and innovators. This is the place where great minds come to chat, and I am your host, Sandra Lee Schubert. Welcome to the show. Our guest is Cara Bradley, who wrote On the Verge. For those who want to have more energy, enthusiasm, clarity, and confidence, her book calls readers to experience aliveness daily. Aliveness daily by shifting beyond our busy minds and into the present mind it is an invitation for readers to live their lives in a way that allows them to meet their full potential. So, so they shine in every moment. Well, welcome Kara to the show. Nice to have you. you here.
1: Thank you. So we, Thank
0: you. It's great to be here. <laughs> it's good. We, we we were just talking before the start of the show. We're both sort of on the northeast and you know, we're we're we have thunder clouds gathering around us. We <laughs> were just wondering if we'd have some sort of, you know, thunderous applause to the show as we as we go forward. <laughs> <laughs> and, that will be fun. So let's talk a little bit about on the verge, because I was saying to you, boy, I, you know, between allergies and whatever, I could use a lot of energy today. And I'm wondering how I can how I can manage that when I'm feeling tired and worn out and, you know, at the effect of things. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about that.
1: Well, you know, I think it's it's very simple. We We like to complicate our lives. We all do. But what I've experienced, both as a teacher of many years of movement, all kinds of movement, but also in my own personal inquiry, is that when we can show up in this moment, and it's not something we have to try to do, we just kind of just do it, when we can just be here, we do feel more energized. When we're not bogged down by a lot of mental junk or emotional drain or drama, there's just a sense of well-being that's it's just waiting for us to access, and that's really the whole idea about you know waking up, showing up, and shining in every moment is allowing yourself the permission, giving yourself the permission to just be here. And what would that feel like? And to so start getting interested in what that may feel like.
0: It's it's interesting because as a, as I sit here, I you know I'm kind of managing the studio and I'm looking at the chat room and. You know, I've got social media and there's a lot of things that are going on at the same time. So I'm curious about just things like multitasking and that kind of things that we do now in sort of this very, you know, uh, tuned in, um, plugged in world, how that affects us being in the present moment.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt it is affecting us, affecting our children. It is just part of our lexicon is to be crazy busy and to hold a lot of information in our head. We're bombarded by information, advertisements everywhere we look. So, this is our new default mode in a in some sense is to is to operate from this very busy, frantic, frenzied state of being. And what we're finding and what researchers have actually found is we can't multitask. I mean, we just can't do it. It may feel like we're doing it, but we are actually doing one thing at a time just really quickly. And what happens when we try to do too many things, you know, in a short period of time, we just don't shine. We don't do everything as well as we possibly can. So what I'm suggesting is if we can start to become familiar with what it feels like to just be here for this conversation, we can start to experience what it's like to just be alive in this moment without carrying around all the other stuff all the time.
0: All right.
1: And it's interesting because I think you,
0: the start of your book you talk about um, – I want to say it was a track meet, and just correct me if I'm wrong, but we sort of get into the flow. And I'm thinking of um, the book Flow by, and I'm never going to say his name because I would never be able to pronounce it. It's Chet Set Me High.
1: I finally learned how to pronounce his name. <laughs> Chet Set Me High. Well, good. I'm glad you did that because I'm
0: <laughs> I'm really bad. About, I mean, in in this doing radio shows, I'm very bad about pronouncing things. But it's, it's all right. That's all right. But that that whole segment where you talk about that just reminded me so much of how he talks about athletes getting into that that flow and that moment of just where things sort of I don't want to say suspend, but you're just so in there that everything else falls away and there's just that present moment that you're experiencing and it sounds just completely wonderful when you as you describe it
1: yeah so I had a flow experience when I was 19 and it was my last track race and I did a couple of things before my race that I'd never done before, which was to go off on my own and take a warm-up jog and to also start to repeat in my head, personal best, personal best. I knew it was my last race, so I was had a little more motivation. Well, when I stepped onto the track that day, I was clear and calm. I'd never felt that way before, before a race. I'd always felt this fear and doubt and anxiety arise. But I ran the race in a way that... Um, where time did seem to slow down, where I remember the smell of the spring air. I remember passing our best mid-distance runner and thinking that she must be having a bad day. I remember all this vividness, but what I don't remember having was doubt, fear, or all that negative stuff that, that would come up for me so often as a runner. And I had a peak performance. I I shaved six seconds off my personal best, which was tremendous, but at the same time was really the impetus for my life's journey, which was to say, wait a second, how did that happen? And how do I do that all the time? And so in my search, I bungee, bungee jumped and walked on coals and had my chakras cleared and sat in sweat lodges and all these things to try to... Feel that sense of just wakefulness and clarity and possibility that I felt on the track, and that's brought me to this point where I feel like now I can write write about it because I've experienced it many more times on purpose through practice.
0: Right. So you've duplicated that initial experience, so it's not just kind of a one-off, but it's a it's something that can actually be tapped into once you've sort of gotten the hang of it, I guess.
1: Yeah, and you said it. Tapped into is exactly right. This isn't something that we need to learn. We don't need to learn to be fully alive. We we can't learn to be it. We are it. We're already clear, open, intelligent beings. It's really a matter of just how do I tap into what's already there and what's blocking me? From accessing this very natural, ordinary sense of aliveness that's just waiting to rise up and meet me in every single moment—not just the big moments.
0: You no, know, when you you talk about sort of being in the moment, and you know, maybe maybe the flow experience. Um, there's some element of that that doesn't, you don't have that every moment of the day. But what does that mean? Because if you're having a bad day, you're cranky or you're tired or any of those kinds of things, can you still be in the moment?
1: It's a great question. And we're all we're all looking for these answers, by the way. You know, it's not just... Um, the, the executives or the super busy moms or the athletes, I mean every one of us is walking through life, just yearning to feel alive and awake the so the flow state you know has particular parameters, and one of them is being challenged, being challenged to the point where you come into this intense state of focus. what i 'm talking about is is actually much more ordinary it's it's our natural state of being it 's who we are between thoughts. I right? what who are we? You know, sometimes you look out at the ocean or you watch a sunrise or you see something magnificent out in front of your eyes and you know, for for a moment or two you may just pause and take it all in. You know, it's in these moments when we're willing to take it all in and it could be something Wonderful, but it could also be something that's not very pleasant, but that's very vivid right out in front of, you know, right out in, in, in the middle of our lives. You know, when we're willing to just arrive in the moment that we're living, no matter what's happening, this is the sense that I call being on the verge. It's this sense of being right in the center of your life where you wake up and where you have the capacity to shine to experience to feel alive,
0: okay so okay let, let me parse this a little f- further for yes. at least my own clarification so you're in the let's say let's look at a- a dramatic moment or a hard moment, or you know experiencing the death of a loved one mm-hmm. you know, i it seems that you know in in that moment that's a painful moment but you don't necessarily want to lose that moment because you want to, you know, experience. Well, I don't want to say you want to experience the grief. That's not necessarily true, but you want to remember that person. You want to be able to sufficiently mourn their passing. So, you know, you, you don't want to just push that aside because it comes, kind of comes back later as an emotional thing. So you can still in that sort of dramatic moment or that hard moment, be present in your life and 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 shining, but it doesn't have to be maybe the greatest
1: moment. Am, am I? Yes. I'm maybe muddling that up a little bit. But no, 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 no. You're you're actually you're saying you're right on. So so being in the moment or being on the verge isn't all about bows and ribbons. It's not about life always flowing in your favor, um, and everything being peachy keen. You know, and you being able to do everything you want to do. What I'm talking about, what so many masters before me have have taught is that when we can show up and experience our lives, no matter what's happening, because this is our life, we've got this this one brilliant life and this one moment that will be gone forever. And there's so much about being human that is... Is is miraculous and brilliant, and can fill us to the to the brim with energy and the sense of just being part of everything. That if we mute our experiences because they're unpleasant, we actually are muting our life. It's it's like you know turning off or it's like turning your TV from from color to black and white right? Or from what I call high definition living to more of a fuzzy picture. So w- what I'm suggesting and what so many have suggested before me is to show up for life in in all of its beauty and all of its experiences. So a month ago, my dog passed away. Suddenly, we knew for about 24 hours that he was on the decline. and And in those 24 hours, I had such an unbelievable experience with him it was so painful but it was so beautiful and it touched me to my core it made me feel so alive just to be there with him through this and I'm so grateful that I didn't turn away and try to or cry myself through it and not really be there for him as he passed right so so
0: both, so it's not always about being in this sort of happy, happy state. It's mm-hmm. it's just being engaged, and and I can I guess I I'm thinking of an example in my own life. I had yeah you know, I've had a foot injury and a knee injury, and this has been going on since January. It was very painful, just extraordinarily painful. And I was walking. I had to walk basically with this pain, and at some point I when I just tried to ignore it, it, it just was there. But at some point I was like, you know, I just got to sort of be with this pain for a while mm-hmm. and experience it. And oddly enough, when I really did that, when I just it was in the moment with the pain, the pain started mm-hmm. to go away and I could I could be with it in a different way where before I was fighting the pain Mm-hmm. Now I still had pain, but it just took on a different kind of shape and form in my life. So I could function with it in a different way than ignoring it. Like ignoring it didn't work. I had to just sort of be with the pain and 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 deal with it. And so I and maybe that's not a- accurate, but sort of that's what that reminds me of a, a bit.
1: Yeah, no that that's it. I mean that's it. It's allowing. It's allowing everything to be as it is so that you can live your life and not push away or ignore what's unpleasant but actually to show up for the I think it's John Capizzini calls it life the full catastrophe, right? We we all have full catastrophes. We're all dealing with stuff, but we don't want to miss it. I mean, this is our lives and when we can allow Life to be as it is in this moment, because oftentimes we can't make it any different, even if we tried, we just you know would end up like you said, just being in more pain. But when we can allow the foot pain to be there or the thunderstorm to come or the traffic jam to happen without us get trying to to mute the experience, when we can allow ourselves just to arrive in our lives right here on the verge, is what I say, we actually feel the freedom we we slip into this natural state of being that we all have, this just clarity and this brightness and this openness to life just as it is right now that's really mm-hmm. the the fruition of all of the allowing and the letting go is the freedom to just be and live fully
0: okay. and it it
1: it all sounds. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs>
0: always, oh, I can just in my pain. It's great. I know. <laughs> <But> I know. <laughs> so for for the people who are listening to this and going, what the hell is she saying? Uh-huh. Um, you know, how, you know, because you, know, you, I mean, you had, when you had your flow experience, you also had some, origi- some training already with ice skating. Mm-hmm and so you 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 know sports or that kind of like learning music any of those kinds of things seem to help some people be in that moment in a different way so i'm wondering for people you know who maybe don't haven't had that experience or that training or have you know you you have yoga in your your background you you have certain skill you you personally i just have skill sets that might contribute to this state happening i want to say easier but you you know what i mean by that i hope yeah. so the, the the average person is just sort of waking up and you know stretching their creaky old bones in the morning and maybe doesn't have that background what how do they start to develop this so that they they get to, I mean, do you get to the verge or, you
1: know, what, what is, a pro, is there a process
0: that, that makes that happen?
1: Oh, yeah. That's such a great question. Thank you for asking it because I don't want anybody to think that this is just, you know, pie in the sky kind of thing that just happens to some lucky people who happen to find yoga. You know, this <laughs> is something that is available to every single one of us. And what I offer in the book and in my teaching is the possibility that perhaps we can be experiencing life in a more vivid, energized way, simply by noticing those moments when we do feel alive. And we all have them. We all feel alive, the sense of wakefulness and aliveness all the time. We're just not recognizing it because we're conditioned to be stuck in thinking We're always remembering or planning. We're always doing, doing in our mind or doing with our body or stuck in some emotional pattern that's just yucky and sticky and not really helpful. What I'm suggesting is that there are moments in between all of that stuff when you already feel alive. So I'm going to give you some examples. Maybe some of you listening can relate. You're driving home from work and you're at a red light and you look up and all of a sudden you see this incredible sunset and for a moment you just pause. You drink in the sunset where you see a flock of birds just swish by your, your, your you know, car or you watch and you see the sun just hit the top of trees or maybe you're with your child or grandchild, and the giggling, the giggling just makes you stop and pause and just enjoy. Or, it, or it could be the first taste of that crisp apple, or the smell of coffee in the morning. There are all these moments when our senses light up and kind of tap us, tap us on the head, saying, "Here I am, here's my life." Ah, oh, it's the coffee. It's the It's the scene, it's the hug, it's whatever it is. When we can start to recognize those in our daily lives, those moments between thoughts, we we start to trust them. And it's not just this happenstance, this split second of peace. It's actually our lives. It's actually being alive. And so that's where we start. We start with the glimpse and it's just about it sounds
0: like what you're saying is noticing just sort of be aware of what is going around you i think you know when i take the bus in the morning i go through just a beautiful you know some little bit of farmland and a river down the side of the road and sometimes i'm looking at my tablet and then i have that moment where i go okay let's just look up <laughs> you know look up you know, look at what's going, what's outside there. And because it's always so beautiful and the sun's coming up and there's a mist in the air and birds are flying. And, you know, it's just this incredible scene that I get to see every single morning without fail, you know, just before I hit the, before we hit the highway on the bus, you know, and it's just this incredible moment. And I, and, you know, the moments where I forget and I'm in my tablet and I realize I've missed it. It's like, oh, yeah, I missed
1: it, you
0: know, oh, yeah. darn you know, then I've just got to find it somewhere else, you know. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think so many times we don't take those opportunities to see sort of the very simple, small things that are just before us.
1: That's right. And that's exactly it. That was such a great description. That's exactly it. It's noticing those moments and you can even think to yourself, I am alive. Like, this is my life right here. It's this moment. This moment's going to be gone. I will never get it back. Can I pause and look at the green and, and and notice the mist and look at the sky and pause and look at the person next to me? And, and this is life. This is how kids... This is how we were as kids, right? We looked everywhere, everything was popping and alive and exciting and wow and or or terrible, and we were on the floor and not happy, and that's okay too, because that's life too, so it's really not about being suffocated or suffocating in the the you know drudgery of life and the and the thought patterns and all of the stuff we have to do because that's not where we feel alive; we feel bright when we are between all of that, and that's what I'm suggesting that's living right. on the verge mark that's that that that's interesting i am
0: thinking of um um Ann Cuddy's book about the power poses yes and yes and i, I you probably have have that with within the yoga, within mm-hmm. doing yoga, but those moments where, you know, when I was walking down the block and I was tired and I was like, you know, get your shoulders up, get your head back, you know, like sort sure, of, you know, wake up like just when I physically woke my body up or just by putting my shoulders back and putting my head up, that really does make a difference. And you think how can mm-hmm. such a, a small thing like changing your posture, you know, or just how you're walking, just shift things. And, but it did. I mean, once I did that and I, you know, went through, as I said, a, a gaggle of very handsome young men. They're all very <laughs> handsome. And I was like, wow, these guys are just so good looking. And that was wonderful. You know, these, and they just walked by. They came, they sort of, the gaggle of men came with me and they crossed the street with me and I was immersed in the of looking men. I said, well, it doesn't get any better than this. I put my shoulders back and I walked right into a gaggle of handsome young men. I said, well, you know, life is good. Look, well, Can I complain that's about it. anything?
1: And, that, and that's good. it. And that's so great. And that's so great. And what I often say is small glimpses many times, right? So if we could have these little glimpses all day long many times, we start to feel more like Ourselves. It's actually our more, most natural way of being is just to be in the moment and be alive and looking around. One other thing that I, uh, I recommend that we all do is to think about what makes us feel bright and alive. Like what are the things in your daily life that make you feel alive? For me, it's, it's that first sip of coffee in the morning. I love my coffee, so I sit and I pause without reading or writing, and I just allow myself at least the first couple of sips without doing anything, or to look at the night sky. You know, so when you identify those simple free, right, they're free, they take a second to do. Um, Like right now, I'm looking out my window, and it's raining on this beautiful spring afternoon. It just looks glorious out. I mean, these are moments to to just be and to experience and to appreciate. No, no, that's I, it. It is
0: it is true because I have a great view also. Though I have my curtains drawn, so I wouldn't be too distracted by the view. <laughs> but it's it's that that that's the thing that I can you know get up and I can go look at this amazing vast view that I have and you know just take that moment in and look at the light in the sky and and just you know, sort of absorb that. But you, you the, all that said, are there you know other practices that people can do to sort of just build on these moments and just sort of deepen them in some way.
1: Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's really about noticing. And, and when we can start to notice when we're here in the moment and when we're not, we get, oh, I just heard some thunder. We've got a thunderstorm over here. So that's very interesting. I know you've we'll had one over here too. <laughs> <laughs> I love thunderstorms. But when we can notice, am I here? I ask myself that all the time when I'm driving. Am I here? Am I driving? Am I here? Noticing when you're not and not beating yourself up for it because that's not going to do anything. The noticing, this is the mindfulness practice, is in the noticing you get stronger at noticing. When you notice you're not paying attention to what you're eating – you've already gotten a little bit stronger at noticing. The noticing is like doing a bicep curl at the gym. Every time you notice you're not here, you immediately become here. And so we notice everything. Am I here with my kids? Am I here when I'm writing this email? Am I here for this conversation? Can I show up? And you do it with a kind, kind touch, a gentle touch, because we're all conditioned to be distracted in this world. It's just the nature of our human conditioning right now is we are overloaded, and that's just the fact.
0: <laughs> and you you talk a little bit. I I love the the phrase you you use. Call it your the sloppy mind, mm-hmm. which which I love because I was like, oh yes, I've got one of those sloppy minds also. Yeah. You know, just those things sort of just. You know, sort of get away from you, or things are just you know all over the place, or whatever. So, like, if you're sort of in that sort of sloppy, distracted, are you just saying then just come back to the moment, or are there other mm-hmm. things you can do to sort of set that mind back, I guess, yeah. or in a-
1: whatever? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. It's as simple as that. You you said it. It, it is just in noticing, you come back. So sloppy mind is just kind of a fun way to remind yourself when you're not paying attention. And we all know accidents happen. You know, we spill the water on our laptop. We, you know, lose our car keys or drop the phone in the toilet or whatever when we're not paying attention. Attention! It happens mm-hmm. to all of us. So noticing your tendency to be have a sloppy mind at certain times is really helpful. Like when you're walking in your house from your car, if that's your time when you kind of get sloppy because you're holding too much stuff and trying to say hello and think about what has to happen, you know, you may drop the computer, or you may drop the phone, or you may place your car keys in a place where you can't remember them later. When we can slow ourselves down and just show up for each moment, okay, now I've got to walk into the mudroom, and now I have to put my keys away, and now I have to put my bag down, and now I can hug my child. You know, that's when we start to live more purposefully. And everything we do, we do better when we're right here in this moment. So the sloppy mind just—it just causes problems. So it's just a cute way of reminding ourselves, to be here now,
0: right, be here now, Because i
1: I know um
0: as I said, having a foot in the knee injury, and I live in a town that's really hilly and slate sidewalks that sort serve of, it can be a minefield for someone who's not walking in the best way, and i always I must always remind myself to pay attention because in you know there's potential disaster in just in terms of hitting a sidewalk the wrong way because it would be very easy for me to fall at this point because mm-hmm. everything's a little off kilter. and it's. But oddly enough, it's helpful because mm-hmm. I do now have to pay attention. I do have to know where I am at the moment rather than just sort of, you know, wandering down the block and being scattered or not paying attention to traffic or all those kinds of things that I maybe might've done before when it didn't matter you know, what happened, but now it kind of matters what happened. So I, I am obligated to, to pay attention to my surroundings in, in, in a different way, because I don't want to further damage myself or do anything. You know, I don't, I certainly don't want that to happen. So, you know, Okay, so fear may be a bit of a motivator in this process. (laughs) However, it does keep me in in the moment and it keeps me from, you know, just losing my mind, so to speak, and uh, just (laughs) staying, staying
1: in place. Right. And in that respect, your injury has become your teacher and we have these teachers all over our lives some of sometimes they show up in the form of a person or a sticky situation which is um, you know kind of puts us between a rock and a hard place that we've got to face ourselves and our reactions or an injury or an illness these are all things that help us wake up wake up to how mm-hmm. we're living wake up to how we're showing up for life and and they're incredibly helpful to help us shine to help us show up and do everything better that we do. Without without trying. It's really when we're in the moment, in this moment fully available, we just know what to say and know what to do without much thinking.
0: So you talk a little bit about um you know, having an open heart and um, I'm looking, because I have it, it just is right in front of me on my computer, chapter six. It's open heart, and you, you sort of have, well, in the in the book, you have little, not little, but exercises at the end of each chapter mm-hmm. that sort of guide people through processes. So you talk about when do you shut down, when do you open up. So within the context of the, what you you learned and what's in the book, you have people sort of focus on these things to sort of get back to that moment. And, you know, why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, having an open heart? Cause that's one of those things where, you know, we're in a, you know, a contentious election season, you know, mm-hmm. things are happening, we're shifting, things are changing, you know, there's a lot of, you know, just look at Facebook and there's a lot of fighting going on mm-hmm. <laughs> about what's going on in, in the elections. But, facing you know facing a person who you may not want to face with an open heart i think you know yeah. seems challenging so can you talk a little bit about that process
1: yeah and it and i know it's such a challenge for us to get our arms around what it means to be open and in fact i i was i struggled quite a bit with what to call this idea of of being open, and I just finally said, you know what? It's just open heart, <laughs> but I know it's it it can definitely land the uh, in a in a challenging way for people. Really, what I'm meaning is is can we be available for life? Can we be available in this moment to experience whatever is arising, and that may mean a difficult person. It may. Dana, what I'm not saying is that we. you know, go and give hugs to everybody that we see. This isn't what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, is being available for life. When we can open ourselves up to be available to whatever is arising right now, then this is where we start to access our potential, our potential to be compassionate, our potential to be honest, our potential to be courageous our potential to be all of those things that are available to us, all of our human capacities, which are vast, by the way. When we shut ourselves down, when we shut down from from experiencing life as it is now, when we shut ourselves down from that person that is right in front of our face or that email that needs to be answered or the truth that needs to be told, we don't have access to that to that to those intelligences we shut ourselves down we close ourselves off and we become small and that is it's hurtful to ourselves in the long run with what's going on inside even physiologically when we can train ourselves and again this isn't something that happens overnight we start very small through practice through noticing and we start small and we build we build slowly you know, now I'm able to tell the truth more often. I used to not be able to do that. You know, now I'm able to be more compassionate to those that perhaps I don't like so much when I used to not be able to do that. So we have to start somewhere, and we usually have to start with ourselves. And that's one of the practices I offer is how to be kind to ourselves. Mark? Right.
0: So, you know, that's, it's, it, that's kind of interesting. I, you were talking a little bit uh, about your um, sensing energies as a child, mm-hmm. and um, and I was thinking, oh, you, you're an empath. You know, Did you you pick that up. So I'm I'm wondering for the people that are just kind of really sensitive to people's energies, like they may want to think about shutting down to sort of protect themselves. But you're sort of saying, stay in that that moment. I, how would people be able to, what is the self-care process in that or being open, but, you know, not, you know, not allowing yourself to sort of be maybe in the presence of something that may be negative for you or that you may, you know, pick up just by virtue of being sensitive to the energies around you, because people are, obviously.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's so a great question. So how would they question. manage that? Yeah, right. And that, and that's a great question. So much of this is about managing our energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're we're like dogs. We're like we're, we're animals. We <laughs> sense things. We sense things before our brains ever ever you know conceptualize them. We're sensing beings, so we know we know when we're in danger. We know when uh, when when there's love in the air. I mean, we just know this stuff. What I'm suggesting is when we can shift beyond all of our thinking and doing and the negative emotions that hold us back, we can sense more. And in so doing, I trust, because I've experienced it myself, I know when to embrace and I know when I need to pause in a situation and not take on someone else's stuff, right? So we become much more... um, intelligent in the, the aspect that we're able to access that very subtle intelligence that cats have, dogs have, even children have this. They know when an adult, when they just need to back off, right? They know when they can lean in. We have that ability. I believe that we, we know how to balance our energies. It's not something we need to learn to do. When we become familiar with sitting in the moment, being here mm-hmm. fully, allowing whatever's arising to arise, and being in the full experience of being human, we just know how to operate. We know what to do. We know what to say. We know what not to say. And so I trust that it's not something we need to learn how to do, how to not take on somebody's energy. I trust that when we're fully, fully present, right here without any carrying anybody else's junk around, we know exactly what to do to, to keep ourselves in balance and in harmony.
0: So even though you can in sense somebody's energy, um, you, you yourself can remain anchored in your own good energy or whatever that That's may right. be so that you can still sense it, but you don't have to be at the effect
1: of it. That's kind of what I'm hearing. Absolutely. Beautiful. That's exactly it. So I can stay grounded enough and present enough because I know what pulls me off my game or out of my game. I know what my natural state feels like, that sense of natural clarity, openness, vitality. And I know when I'm being pulled out of it because it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good to be pulled out of the present moment. So what I'm suggesting is that we can practice experiencing this moment, and this moment, and this moment, and this moment. And we get better at recognizing when we're not here. And we get better at staying here longer. Right. And and that's true. I was thinking, I remember when I
0: was uh, being confronted by somebody that was really being very aggressively angry and violent, poking their finger in my chest and threatening me. And the more that happened, the calmer I got. And I kept getting mm. calmer and calmer. And the calmer I got, the more agitated they got because that <laughs> was not the reaction they were looking for. Mm-hmm. But I remember that, that sensation of just suddenly just being like, it's, so fu- it's fine. Like he was just like, Arr! and I'm like, mm-hmm. it's good. And I got really quiet and my voice was soft and I talked to him quietly and, and I walked away. <laughs> And it was yeah. just sort of that most amazing moment where you're just kind of like, wow, you know, I'm all right. This is fine. This man is yeah. screaming at me, and sticking their finger in my chest and and threatening me. But I'm like, I feel all right. This is great, you know. Yeah. I mean, not great in the experience, but it was. Right. I was fine. And that's that kind of thing that you're talking about, right?
1: Right. And you're at, you are actually shining. I mean, that's what I mean about shining, is when you can stand in the moment you know fully fully present fully clear you're actually helping other people so much it may be unnerving to others when you can be clear open and bright in the midst of chaos but it in the long run it's so helpful to others because they can then tap into their own natural clarity we all have it we don't need to learn this stuff And that's why I say, you know, as a teacher, I say it over and over, I really don't have anything to teach you. I would just hope that I can help you experience yourself in your own natural natural brilliance over and over again so that you can trust that you've got it too. That's good. All right. We have just about three minutes left. Mm. It's gone by very quickly. So
0: why don't you tell our listeners Uh, a little bit about what you you do in terms of your work and where they can can find you and find your book. Great.
1: Yes, well, I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, and I'm also a speaker and a writer, and I've authored this book, On the Verge, Wake Up, Show Up, and Shine. My passion is about helping people feel awake and alive in their everyday life on purpose, consistently. And so you can find me in my podcast. I have a podcast called Real Women, Courageous Wisdom with Women for One. Um, and also my book has an app on The Verge through the App Store, and it has guided practices and videos of some of the moving mm-hmm. practices that I offer. My website is with net. And you can find information about my book, app, and podcast, and videos there on my website and in on social media as well.
0: Very good. Do you want to have, offer our listeners one final tip before we, we end today?
1: Oh, I'd love to. And I'd love to just say loud and clear that you are already awake and clear and bright and that aliveness that you seek is just a moment away. And all we need to do over and over again is to recognize that this moment, we are fully alive right here. And to step in and experience whatever's happening, even if you don't like it, that's how we start to really experience our lives. And that's where we show up and we shine.
0: Very good. I want to thank thank my guests. Kara Bradley who is the author of On the Verge and again her website is karabradley.net and thank you so much for being on the show with us and telling us how to shine I appreciate it thank you I hope you enjoyed the show. It is really great fun to speak to people and find out what they're doing in the world. If you are interested in reaching out on air, online, or in person, let me show you how. I am partnered with some great people, some strategic thinkers and consultants, to bring you the best services available. Call me at 347-560-1624 or email me at sandraleeschubert at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you.